Thanks for joining us for this inspirational teaching by Pastor Jeffrey Smith, Senior Pastor of City of Life Church. For more information on City of Life, visit www.col.tv. Let's join the service already in progress. I'm going to be talking a lot from the heart today. Um, Something that is really kind of emotional for me because I'm feeling it today. So it's not as much of a, I mean, I've got tons of notes uh, that I did write down, but it's something really more is coming from my spirit and my heart today. I'm going to do some pastoring today. So this may not be the kind of uh, service where you will see people doing backflips off of pews uh, or running around shouting like glory hallelujah or something like that, Uh, but it's a service where I need to do some pastoring because this is my church in that this is the church I grew up in, and it's the church where God made me the person that I am, but it's also the church that I attend. So it's the church that I'm continuing to grow in. And I have to make sure as a pastor that we are using the right trajectory and that God is turning us into the people that he wants us to be, even if it's having tough conversations. So today might get you a little uncomfortable. Look at someone next to you and say, it might get weird in here. Okay, that's okay. If it gets uncomfortable, that's okay. If you feel offended or like, you know, just uncomfortable, I probably have done my job. Uh, that, that's my goal today. My goal today is put out the word in a way where we're able to take it in and it produces life change when we leave. Okay, so here we go. Romans 12, 9. It says this. Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Can you read that with me? Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. One more time. Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Now, real quick, I want you to find somebody that's sitting next to you, either on the right or the left. We're going to read it again. We're going to read the first half by ourselves. But when you get to the don't fake it part, I want you to point right in someone's face. Don't touch them. Don't hurt them. But you're allowed to point. Pointing is rude, but not right now. You get a free pass. So you get, if you've wanted to point at someone, this is the perfect time to do it. You only point on the don't fake it part, though. You ready? Here we go. Love from the center of who you are. Here we go. Don't fake it. Okay. So that's you. Don't fake it. No fake love. I'm going to talk to you today a message that is called, Who Will Help the Hurting? Who Will Help the Hurting? Father, thank you for your presence here today. We sense the power of the Holy Spirit in this room. Every time you come, Holy Spirit, you come with purpose and on purpose. The Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. That means you want to set us free from anything that has been holding us back. You want there to be a freedom in this house today. Lord, I pray that my words would come alive and be energized, whether it's people that are in this room, people that are watching online, that there would be no limitations to how you can reach people and set hearts free through the power of your word today. We believe in the power of the word of God. We believe it is supernatural in every possible way. We honor the word, and we ask that it pierces deep. The Bible says, God, that The word is quick and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. Only your word is sharp enough to make that incision in our life between the soul and spirit, and we need that cutting away today to separate those two things. So let that happen today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, come on, everybody said. All right. So many years ago, I was in a business that uh, was open pretty late 
it, it stayed open till about 10 o'clock, and, and it had two stories in this place. And I was there at about like 9.45, 9.50. It was closing. And I happened to be upstairs, and I went to the restroom. There were very few people that were left in, in this place. I was kind of closing down, winding down. People were going home. And I walk in the bathroom upstairs, and nobody, there's nobody in there. And I'm getting ready to, to leave and to walk out of the bathroom. And I get a text. I'm looking down. I'm, I you know, wash my hands. I check out my text. And all of a sudden, I'm reaching for the door to, go, to, to leave and go out of the bathroom. And I hear a weak voice in the room say, help me. So, like, I, I, I have no idea what's going on. This bathroom is empty. Nobody in there. Help me. So I, I've, I've already got the door open, about to walk out. And I'm like, did I, just, did I just hear something? So I like kind of like walk back in, and I hear it again, help me. I'm like, what in the world? I don't know. I didn't know what was happening. So I back up, and I look under, see if I can see anybody under the stall. Nobody there, nobody there. I finally get down to this one on the end, and I see a guy that is laying on the ground with blood on his face and a wheelchair that is tipped over on its side. So I go, I go, dude, I say, hold on for a second. Now, I know that I appear to be incredibly athletic. <laughs> uh, that that's the first thing you probably think when you think of me as like, Pastor Jeff can dunk. He's like... <laughs> He's extremely, like, he can jump real high. But I have no idea what, like, came over me at this moment. But, like, it was a very, like, narrow space at the bottom. But I literally jumped over this stall. Like, the moment that I saw this, I just jumped over. And, like, I'm up on the top, and I just jump over the other side of it. And this poor guy is laying down on the ground, and he has fallen out of his wheelchair and busted his face. And when I get down in there... He goes, dude, he goes, I am so sorry. He goes, I, I am so sorry. He goes, he goes, this is like embarrassing. He goes, I, I've been up here for hours. He goes, I, he goes, people have just been going in and out. I've been asking people to help me. He goes, you're the first person that's helped me. I was like, dude, do not apologize. I was like, I was like man, bro, I'm, I'm going to help you. I'm going to get everything together. So I mean, I'm, I'm just helping this guy get together in this situation. Uh, I, I put him back in his chair, get his clothes together, get him in the chair. We go out. I, I'm probably in there for about 10 minutes. And, and as I get ready to leave, he goes, he goes, dude, he goes, can I give you a hug, man? I was like, bro, I was like, I need to be the one asking you if you'll hug me. You, 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 you're the one that goes through. You're the one that was up here, you know, by yourself and asking people to help and nobody helped. I'm sorry that nobody helped. And, you know, here's where I want to come from today. If you think in any way that I'm trying to tell a story <laughs> that makes me look good, you're really going to miss where I'm coming from. See, what happened is I drove home that night because I was on my way out. I wanted to go home. And I heard help, and I almost convinced myself that I didn't hear it. You ever been in that moment where you're so busy? that you might hear help, and you think to yourself, ah, that's nothing. And all of a sudden, I just started weeping on my way home. 
Number one, because I just met a guy that's going through some stuff that I've never been through. And I just, I just found out about a part of life that I've had blinders on to that part of life for a long time. And I realized I was about this close to just shutting the door because maybe someone did say help, but maybe it was some, maybe I could have just written it off. Someone's playing a prank, someone. But what if I would have walked out? What if nobody would have gone up there that night? He told me he was, had a weak voice because he'd been laying there so long and sideways that he, he, he didn't feel strong enough to be able to cry out. That's why his voice was so weak. He wasn't strong enough to be able to make his voice very loud. So see, what I started doing is I started going down the list of all the areas in my life where I encounter people who are going through troubles that are too complicated for me to get involved in. Where maybe I just write it off and I walk away and I go, I I'm not sure if I even know how to fix this. See, in that situation, I'm, just I'm there going, I don't really know what to do. Never been in this situation before, but I'm just going to do something. I'm just going to fix it. I, I may do something wrong here. Uh, I'm, I may make a wrong call. I might not do something right. I don't want to hurt somebody. I'm not, I'm not trained in this particular. How many people know you don't have to be trained to help? You don't have to have formal training to care about people, to love people. How many times in our life have we chosen just to opt out with the excuse of I'm not qualified to help? Well, I'm just going to tell you something. If you're here today and you've got Jesus in your life, you're qualified to help somebody and to love somebody. You don't have to be an expert. You don't have to be an expert to have compassion on somebody. You don't have to be an expert to realize there's somebody that's sitting next to you that is going through something right now that you cannot relate to. And it deserves compassion. What is my text scripture? Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Love from where? The center of who you are. My question to you is how many areas of life do I see people that are struggling? And instead of jumping in the middle of it and going, I just want to help. I just want to let you know I love you. I'm here. How many times do I just step back because I feel like it's too complicated? And if I'm asking myself that question, you better believe I'm asking you that question too. How many times do we opt out instead of giving that help? Do we see the people that are sitting right next to us today that are hurting? And I'm going to go through some different types of hurts that people go through in our world. And I told you a minute ago, this is not, I mean, you know, if, if you're looking for today, you know, that your setback is a setup for a comeback or something, like if you're looking for a line like that, you know, today, or that your breakthrough is right around the corner, and, you know, if you just don't give up, you're, you know, I'm not, that's not what this is today. Today, this is something else. We can, we can get that anytime, and that's fine. And I, I believe in what I just said, but what I'm saying is that today, when I said I'm not going to get a lot of amens, we're not going to get a lot of people jumping off pews, I hope you do get something stirred up in you, though, to know that the Holy Spirit is speaking to us about the kind of Christians that can make a difference in this world, about the kind of Christians that can show the love of Jesus, not just talk about the love of Jesus, show the love of Jesus in a way that nobody can deny. So my question to you is, do we see the people that are sitting next to us that are hurting physically? Okay, you say, well, what do you mean? Two out of every four deaths in the United States are from either cancer or heart disease. So let's just think about this for a second. These are things that we don't even like to say these words. These are words that like we get out of our vocabulary. If anyone says these words like, oh my gosh, why are you talking about that? 
Well, because two out of every four people statistically that die, die of one of these things. So what that means is that there are people statistically, nearly half of the people in any given place, any given time, could be dealing with one of these issues. So there could be people in this room right now, and there are people in this room right now that are going through chemotherapy. There are people in this room who are having complications from heart disease right now that are struggling to just make it. There are people that are watching online that we love and appreciate and are a huge part of our church. We're sitting here in this building, and I think it's wonderful that you're able to come, but there are some people that are watching not just because they choose to watch at home because they like just to have their PJs and a warm cup of coffee. They're watching from home because they can't come to church. So there are people that have physical limitations. How aware are you that other people have to work twice as hard as you do just to live? Are you compassionate towards that? I know that sometimes if you don't know about something, it's just like out of sight, out of mind. It's like one of my closest friends. He's an elder at the church, Emil Arroyo. Emil sits up here on the front row every week. We hung out uh, the other day, went to a, a golf tournament together, the Arnold, Arnold Palmer Invitational. One of our uh, members walked up and said, Pastor Jeff, you want some tickets to this thing? I was like, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. I'll take my buddy Emil. We went together. We went and played golf. I've played golf with Emil for years. Emil... And, and, and this is not something that, you know, you meet him, he's, he didn't put up at the top of his Instagram, you know, profile or Facebook profile, but Emil has type 1 diabetes. Okay, now I did not know what type 1 diabetes was when I met Emil, because I'd heard of it, but I'd never even re- taken any time to figure out what it was. As a matter of fact, when we first started hanging out, when he would be monitoring his sugars, he would be like, hey, bud, I need to get a, we'd be on the golf course, he'd be like, he'd be like, he'd be like hey, bud, I need to get a Snickers. I'd be like, oh, me too. And I'd be like, can you get me two? He's like, Jeff, that will kill me. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, he's like, I have to keep my, he's like, I have to keep my sugars. I was like, oh my gosh. And I was like being so like insensitive and like disrespectful toward what he was going through. But what happened is as I started learning about what Emil has had to struggle with his whole life since he was a kid and did not even get proper treatment for it when he was a kid. It, he, he had to figure out how to walk through all these things on his own as he got older. Emil has been with the company that he is with for over 25 years. He started out in custodial. He is at the highest level that you can possibly reach in his company because he is a faithful person who has learned how to fight through adversity. He has to work twice as hard as a lot of the people that are his colleagues just to live. Just to live. So you tell me, is that worth a little compassion? Is that worth a little compassion? I mean, I'm sitting there playing golf with him one day, and to talk about what a complete jerk I can be uh, playing golf, oh, it's limitless. Uh, my, my jerkiness knows no ends when it comes to competition. It's like I'm an, I'm an, an idiot. It's like one, one day we're out there, it's like 110 degrees, and like we're playing, and his, his pump like, like comes out or something because it's too hot. He gets so sweaty. And, and, like, at that moment, I'm like, so you giving up? Like, like and he's, because, like, we were tied or something. He's like, you're a, he's like, you're an animal. I mean, I was joking. I was joking. But the point is, he did not give up that day. He's like, I'll put this thing back in. He's like, I'm beating you. He's like, I'm, I'm up by one stroke right now. But, like, I had zero compassion in that moment because I'm being a jerk. But the truth is, are some things worth some compassion? When people are going through things, I want to have more compassion for my friend Emil. I want to think more about what people go through and how they, how they, they fight and they struggle 
just to do what comes to us very naturally if we don't struggle with that particular thing. I think this is what compassion is all about. This is the life that God has called us to live. It's a life that's cognizant that there's somebody sitting next to you that might be going through something that's unimaginable to you. Are we aware of people who not only have physical limitations, but they can't get out of their house? People that are shut-ins, or maybe people who are older and live in assisted living facilities and, and, and don't have access to transportation. They don't have the freedom to live the life that they used to live. How often do you think about people like that? How often do you pray for people like that? How often do you visit people like that? I'm very excited about I Love My City that's coming up on March 30th. And it's a day for us to go into our community to help with tons of things that I'm talking about right now. One of the things we do is we go to those assisted living facilities and we sing for some of the older people and we get choirs together and we go spend time just loving on these people and just being involved in people's lives. Or is it just out of sight, out of mind? You know, if, if we're not seeing it, it's not in front of us, do we just pretend that it doesn't exist? Because this is a real thing. John chapter 5, verse 2, it tells a story of a guy who used to sit by a pool and this pool is called Bethesda. And this pool is called Bethesda. And he sits next to this place. And in the sort of legend, of, now this part is not actually in the Bible, but the, some versions do make an allusion to it, that there is this legend that an angel would stir up the water and the water would begin to move. So, so this guy believed that. And so it says that he's sitting there and it says a great number of disabled people used to lie around there, the, blame, the, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. And this particular guy had been there for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there and he learned he'd be in, the, in this condition for a long time, he said, do you want to get well? So, so before I tell you what he said, this guy is, he can't do anything for himself. All he does is sit around and stare at that pool 24 hours a day going, please be the moment where the water gets stirred up. Because it only happened from time to time, according to the legend. Please be that moment where I'm going to get healed. All, and, and then what would happen is it would get stirred up, and he would go, oh, here we go, here we go. Okay, but listen what happens. Jesus says, do you want to get healed? He says, sir, I have no one to help me in the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, somebody else goes down ahead of me. How sad is that? That his very existence is just sitting there hoping that he can get in the water. And the moment he sees that, the moment he thinks his miracle is right there, here it is, here it is, and he tries to go, and someone else takes his spot. Have you ever thought for a second that maybe you're sitting next to somebody that you can get there quicker than them? And they feel like everything in their life, someone else just gets there a little quicker because they can't help themselves? My question to you today is, is that worthy of compassion? Yes or no, church, is it worthy of compassion? Is it worth our love? Because the Bible says to love from the center of who we are. Don't fake it. Don't fake it. Don't say that you have love if you don't. Don't claim to have love if you don't. Because it's fake. Are we aware of those who are alienated from the mainstream of society in many ways? That have diseases that would cause them to feel like a social outcast. In Jesus' time, now look, I'm gonna talk about some stuff today that people don't talk about in church. This is what happens when God just puts you on something on your heart and you just go, wow, I'm just gonna do it. I'm not even gonna study it too much. I'm just gonna put it down there. I'm just gonna say it and we're just gonna go. That's what's gonna to happen today because I wanna talk about some things that maybe we don't talk about in church enough. But in Jesus' day, leprosy was something that nobody wanted to do with. Here we are today, 2019. Did you know that a recent Time Magazine article says that 
Sexually transmitted diseases have risen. Check it out for yourself. They have risen by 76% in America since 2013. 70, there are 65 million Americans with sexually transmitted diseases. It, that is astronomical. It's amazing to me that in our current culture that puts no value whatsoever on morality, they don't put any value on the, the concept of biblical marriage, that you save yourself for marriage, a husband and a wife in marriage. It's nothing like that. We live in a hookup culture where people are out getting ST, STDs all over the place, and, and you know people are not really on their Facebook page like, pray for me, I've got an STD. That's not the way people kind of operate. It, it's like typically there's a lot of shame involved with that, and we sort of prepare perpetuate it in many different ways, that kind of shame, and people don't know what to do. So you're saying, well, why are you bringing it up? Because I'm talking about people that live with a lot of stress. People that live with a lot of stress, they're going, and, and, and if, if our response to this is, well, it's their fault, they could have prevented it. Is that re really, is that really going to be our response to people that are in suffering? I mean, let me ask you a quick question. How many people have ever been speeding and you saw someone else get pulled over? How many times in your life have you got off the hook for something that you could have been busted for? So we're talking about people that have made mistakes. How many mistakes have we made in our life that we didn't have to pay the consequences for? So why would we want to be judgmental toward people that are dealing with something that maybe they were, you know, a, a participant in something that, that caused them to make a bad choice? But that's not the way you deal with suffering. When people are in suffering, you have compassion, period. Whether they brought it on themselves in your opinion or not. How about do we see the people around us that are suffering and hurting mentally or, or, or physically in some ways? Uh, did you know that statistics state that one in four Americans suffer some sort of physical, excuse me, psychological or mental challenge? Are we aware of special needs people in our culture, of special individuals, the need that they have to be accepted, to, to have patience demonstrated toward them? Someone that loves them enough to give them the opportunity to use the special talents that they have. Just because somebody is not like everybody else doesn't mean that they can't bring something to the table. When's the last time that we went out of our way to show somebody some compassion? Did you also know a stat, a stat that blew me away is that there are 45.3 Americans that in 2018 gave care. They were caregivers to someone else that had special needs and they did it almost on a full-time basis. The stat is 43.5 million people that gave care to someone and didn't get paid for it. Have you thought about that? Not just the people that are in this room that may have special needs themselves or have disabilities themselves. Yes, think about those people. But also think there are pe people in this room that take care of people. And are dealing with levels of stress and anxiety that we have never imagined before that deserve compassion and they deserve help they deserve help people with cerebral palsy down syndrome dyslexia blindness adhd cystic fibrosis all kinds of things that are going on in our world are we going to just turn a blind eye you know i'm really excited that this easter city of life gets an opportunity to partner there is a brand new playground in osceola, osceola county that has just been built for special needs kids Okay, and it's color-coded. No one has ever used it before. And guess what? The very first event that is ever going to happen there is we are having a special needs egg hunt for Easter this year. City of Life is hosting it. And we get the opportunity to partner with this playground 
to do something bigger. We, we did a special needs egg hunt last year in the gym. It's the first thing that we've ever done. Same type of thing. Like, what if we don't do everything right? We want to do the best that we can. We don't want to do something wrong and offend somebody or hurt somebody. And then, you know, our response that night when the parents got there is they were like, oh, my gosh, shut up. We're just, we thank you for doing something for our kids. Thank you for making our kids feel loved and accepted. We love you. And we got one of the most amazing responses from that last year. So you know what we did? We turned up the volume a little bit. This year, we're going to do it bigger than we did it last year. And we want to reach out and make a difference in the lives of people who are hurting. Show people compassion. Show people kindness. Show people love. Are we aware that there are people sitting right next to us in this room that have mental and physical addictions. Did you know that 21 million Americans age 12 and older have a substance abuse addiction in America? Did you know that 3 million high school students in America have a drinking problem? Have a drinking problem in America. I mean, you don't realize there are people that are sitting next to you that have addictions in their life. That It's not like you can go, hey, just snap out of it. That's not the way it works. That's not the way it works. It takes a lot of patience. Even as a Christian, you got to walk through things. you got to walk through maturity in your life. you got to walk through counseling in many times of your life. you got to walk through a process of getting beyond those things that have such a grip on you. How about pornography has become, you know, the top three searches on, the, on Google right now. The top three searches in the world for anything are all related to pornography. Pornography is rampant. It's now equaling out. It used to be something that men struggle with. It's now something that women and men struggle with almost equally, statistically. Did you know that science has even come to the point where they are condemning pornography openly? They're not even doing it from a moralistic standpoint, but the reason they're doing it is what happens is people that get pornography in their mind at a young age and begin to associate sexuality with pornography, what it creates is sexual dysfunction down the road. They're not able to have intimacy between them and a partner ever because all that they can do is think about the images that they thought about when they were young, and that's the only thing that can interest them at all. So they can't have normal intimacy with a person. Even science is coming down saying it's destroying people from the inside out. What do we do? Well, we got people all around us that are struggling with these things that weigh them down. I'm going to tell you in just a second. What about people that are hurt in the home? How about the fact that marriage, there's 50% of all marriages in, in divorce today. And you know what's really sickening about that to me is that as a pastor, it, it doesn't go down when you include Christians. You know what? The divorce rate in Christians is also 50%. It's no better than people that don't even believe in God. What, what does that say? What does that say about us? We've got some problems. You know, did you know that more children are being raised in 2019 in single-parent homes than in homes with both of their parents? I mean, I don't know about you, but this is not Okay. Six out of ten couples will experience some form of violence in their marriage. Did you know in the United States, a woman is battered every nine seconds? Over 400 women will be battered from the time I started my message today until the time I'm finished. Beaten. It's not okay. That means there are people sitting in this room that are struggling and dealing with things. That's why when you've got somebody at work that snaps at you, stop writing people off. Stop writing people and say, oh, she's such a jerk. Do you have any idea what she might be going through? Do you have any idea? Maybe, maybe her husband just beat her up that morning. And she's just trying to fight back with everyone else in the world like she has to do with her husband just to make any progress in life. You, you cannot know what people are going through. 
As a Christian, we have to be the most sensitive. There's a million cases of child abuse in America every year. We cannot minimize the sufferings of other people. We need people as Christians who, as a part of their responsibility in life, will carry the burdens and wounds of other people. Hebrews chapter 13 and 3 says, Remember those that are in bonds as you are bound with them. If someone is in bonds, remember them as if you are bound with them. And them which suffer adversity as being yourself also in the body. It's saying, when, what it's telling us, the, the, the lesson here is everything we've talked about today. When you've got brothers and sisters that are going through it, put yourself in that position. The Bible says, rejoice with people that rejoice. Mourn with people that mourn. Get down in the middle of people's situation. Have compassion for people. Talk to them about what they're going through. Say, look, I'm sorry that you're going through what you're going through. When's the last time that you spent any time praying for or having compassion for prisoners? For people that are incarcerated, who have made a terrible choice in their life and have now lost the opportunity to integrate back in society. Is that, or is that another one of those things where we're able to go, oh, well, they're the ones that did it. It's their fault. Really? Is that the way it works? Well, I'm very excited about something. I'll just tell you right now. I've told you we're going to start Lake Nona's campus this year. That's going to be our next City of Life campus. That's going to be an official campus where we train teams. But that's actually not going to be City of Life's next campus. City of Life's next campus is going to be a result of prayer, conversations that we've been having, relationships that we've build, been building over the last few years. Actually, the next City of Life campus is going to be called City of Life Osceola County Jail. And what Osceola County Jail is allowing us to do is to come into Osceola County Jail and train the inmates in our growth track to actually be the church. And they're going to set up church there every single week, and they're going to live stream in this service. So in this service on Sunday mornings, I'm going to say to you, hey, what's up, y'all? How are you doing today? Somebody give the Lord a praise, and you're going to clap. And I'm going to look in that camera and say, what's up to our Osceola County Prison Campus? I want to tell you God loves you today. Make some noise in that room. Clap your hands if you're in that room and you believe God is good. And guess what? The people that are prisoners in the jail are going to be the ones going through growth track, and they're going to be the ones that are welcoming everyone in, setting up the chairs. They're going to have some value in what they do. Come on, somebody better stay. If you can't stand up for that, what can you stand up for in this life? We're talking about people that get a second chance. Give God a praise up in the house today. Come on. You say, oh, well, your campus is a prison. Yeah, our campus is a prison. That's right, and I hope we get a lot more prison campuses. Why? Because I need a second chance. I need a second chance. And if I need a second chance, I better be willing to give them. I better be willing to give them. That's what this message is all about today. I told you it's not this hallelujah jumping off. The, I like hallelujah jumping off the pew messages. I'm not putting them down. I'm just saying this is something about culture and about who we have to become to get where God is trying to take us. Listen to this, Proverbs 21, 13 says, Whoso stops his ears at the cry of the poor, so the poor are crying and you put your fingers in your ears, he also shall cry himself, but will not be heard. That means if you stop up your ears to the needs of people around you when they need help, when you cry for help, guess what God is going to do? 
You didn't help anybody else. Why should I help you? We talked about it last week. If you don't forgive, please finish it for me. Then you can't. Yeah, we talked about it last week. It's the same principle. God's not going to give you something you're not willing to give somebody else. Be generous to me, God. Why? You're not generous. Be kind to me. Why? You're not kind. Be patient with me. You're not patient. Love from the center of you are, who you are. Don't fake it. How do we do this? How do we help? I'll give you a couple points real quick. We help by our communication. If you truly care, you should tell those in need that you care. Go out of your way to find people that are struggling, find people that are hurting. Even if it's awkward, even at the risk of offending sometimes, it's always better to just go with a shoulder pat, just say, hey man, I see you fighting and struggling here. I wanna let you know that I appreciate you. I care about you. I love you in Jesus' name. I'm behind you, anything I can do. Maybe there's nothing you can do in that moment except be compassionate, just keep fighting, keep moving forward. You're, you inspire me. Anybody here today? That's the way we can talk to people to make a difference in people's lives. Get behind people, let them know that you see what they're doing. You see someone that's a caregiver to someone else and they're struggling and they're stressed out and they're burdened down talk to them. Say, hey, look, I've never said this to you before, but I see that you're helping and you're giving so much of yourself to help this other person. If you ever get too stressed out, you want to just go have dinner or something like that and have a night, let's set something up. I'll help you pay for some, some to give some care to that person for the night. Come out with me. Let's just talk and just have a good time. I can hear your heart. Well, God's doing in you. I can be an encouragement to you. Figure out a way to talk to people rather than just going, I don't know about this whole world. I opt out. Stop. Let's stop that. Let's never go. I'm not qualified to help in this area. What am I supposed to do? Look over that stall and see this guy laying there bloody? He's flipped over. He can't help himself. What am I supposed to do? Go, I'm not qualified. Or do you just fit? You just do something. You just go, you go, I, I'm not even sure what I'm doing, but I, I sure as heck ain't going to leave somebody laying in the middle of the floor. I'm going I'm to try to make any difference I can. I'm just saying, let's be like that. Let's be like that to people in general with our words. Don't just assume people know you care. Let them know. I talked to Emil this morning. I was asking Emil, I was like, man, do you mind if I share this? I don't, I've never shared that publicly. I don't, he's like, dude, he's like, I, he's like, you could share anything about me that you want if it'll encourage somebody else. And I just, I got a chance to tell Emil this morning, I love you, man. I, I'm sorry that you go through what you go through. I'm sorry that it's so tough for you. I don't know if that meant anything to Emil, but I'm looking at his face right now. I think it does. I think it feels good for Emil to hear that I care that he has to work so hard to be the awesome man that he is. That it's harder for him than it is for, for other people. I think it just feels good to hear somebody say that. So can we just say that to people? Can we just start doing that to people that are struggling? Just have a conversation. Just let them know that we see. You might not have all the answers, but you got some love to give, don't you? Okay, so we do it by our words. We do it by our actions. This is very important. James 2, 15 says, suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. Please, let's think about that for a second. You're naked. You're hungry. And you come up to a Christian, and what is the response of the Christian? Go in peace. Keep warm and be well fed. Homie, I'm naked. 
I don't need the hands of, you know, whatever, the waving Harry Potter hands right now. I need a, I need a, a Big Mac and like a loincloth or something. Like, help me at least, at least give me something. Are you following me? We do it by our actions. To feel sorry for the needy is not the responsibility of a Christian to help the miss. Love talked about is easily turned down, but love demonstrated is irresistible. Love demonstrated is irresistible. Let's be those kind of Christians that nobody can resist the kind of love. They'd be like, man, I cannot believe, I can absolutely not believe that that girl, every time I'm around her, She's just loving me. She's just so kind. She's helping out with everything. She, she, and she says she's a Christian. I want to become a Christian if that's what a Christian is. Because that's, that's something I'm interested in right there. By our action. We do it by our readiness. Romans 15 says those of us who are strong and able in the faith need to step in and lend a hand to those who falter. And not just do what is most convenient for us. Yeah, what I'm talking about today is kind of a messy gospel. Say that with me. Say the messy gospel. The messy gospel. And the the gospel should be messy. Why? Because we get down in the middle of people's problems with them. We get down in the middle of some really ugly stuff. And God has forgiven us for some really ugly stuff. The gospel is not always this pretty thing that fits nicely in a bow. It's bloody. That's how we were one is through something that's very bloody. So, yeah not just what's convenient for us. It says, strength is for service, not status. Each one of us needs to look after the good of the people around us, asking ourselves, how can I help? Say it with me. How can I help? Come on, one more time. How can I help? And then finally, by our evangelism. One of my favorite commercials is years ago. It was a Mercedes-Benz commercial that showed a car smashing into a concrete wall on a test track with a test dummy. And it was showing how Mercedes technology, their patented technology prevents death in many occasions because it's so advanced, the crash-proof chassis of their cars. So you see this dramatic crash and all of a sudden, the guy turns to the CEO in, in the screen, and he, they said, he says, tell me something. How come Mercedes never enforces their patents when they're violated by other companies? When other companies violate your patents for crash technology, how come you never go after them? And he said, some things in life are too good not to share. You've got something that's too good not to share. Your compassion and your love that Jesus has filled your heart with is too good not to share. We have to share this kind of love. And also, can I just tell you something before we're done? Don't think of yourself as the person in my story 
that walks in and you got things going on and oh, did I hear something? Wow, let me do something. Let me do something heroic. That's, uh, you've missed it if you think that's what it's about. No, no, no. I'm not Jeff in that story. That's the wrong character. You know who I am? I'm the guy that's bloody. I'm the guy that flipped over. I'm the guy who can't help myself. I'm the guy that's laying there in the story saying help. You know what? Jesus is the one who jumped in on my behalf time and time again and he picked me up and he gave me a brand new start. So if Jesus loves me enough to take me when I can't offer anything and to help me put me back on my feet again, then why should I ever want to keep this hope to myself? I want to make sure that everyone that I come, and all I'm trying to do is that feeling that I had when I went home, how many times have I missed it? And I knew the answer was hundreds and thousands. I miss it all the time. That, that help, I don't listen enough. I'm just saying, let's don't ignore the hurting. So I'll end the idea with this. I'll just say my message title. Who will help? hope you enjoyed this teaching by Pastor Jeffrey Smith. You can be a part of what God is doing here at City of Life by clicking give at www.col.tv or by texting a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. Thanks for joining us.